This episode of Return to Tradition was brought to you by the Saint Maker Catholic Life Planner Toolkit, a resource using Catholic wisdom and modern science to help you achieve that sanctity God is calling you to. Thousands of Catholics are on the Saint Maker journey, and you can join them with a 90-day risk-free trial offer backed with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to www.thesaintmaker.com forward slash return to tradition to learn more and use promo code return to tradition to save 10%. In the wake of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops publishing its synodal report, which reads like a watered down version that the demands the German bishops are making, the Flemish bishops, the bishops of Belgium, issued a document that is equally repulsive. In one swift move, just before leaving for their ad limina visits with Francis, the bishops of Belgium defied the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and changed the church's teaching in their country on the James Martin sin and the nuptial sacrament. That's a bold move and a clear sign that the entire bishops' conference is full of formal heretics. But the best part is this. Since they are about to meet with Francis, they must have known that he would be okay with what they're doing. They wouldn't promulgate a document like that in that way with that timing without knowing ahead of time if they would face any repercussions for it. I have the full document for you here, and it's full of the typical language of accompaniment, group hugs, and all the rest of that nonsense we've come to expect from the ape of the church. Let's preface the document by first going to Rarate Chely, where they provide some much-needed context for the document itself and how we got it. Quote, Archbishop Leonard of Brussels-Mechelen was one of the most conservative voices of the church in Europe. That was enough for the petty, vengeful, small, little man currently occupying the throne of Peter to not only not make him a cardinal, but accept his retirement, unusual for a major archbishop, as soon as he reached 75. For his place, Francis named an extremist liberal, a disciple of one of the greatest disordered persons ever to occupy a European see, Cardinal Daniels. Joseph de Kessel, and of course, Francis created him cardinal as soon as possible. Now, de Kessel has arrived decisively at what he was named to do. The bishops of Belgium are to visit Rome in the upcoming days for their ad limina visit, and just in time, de Kessel led the Flemish bishops in approving a special quote-unquote liturgy with prayers for the blessing of James Martin Unions. The quote-unquote liturgy is below. It's what these bishops want because it's what they are. Gross, creeps, sniffers, repulsive creatures of utter darkness, whose only aim in life is to make the church of God as dark and disordered as they are. They will not prevail. They will give us still many decades of sorrow before their ilk is swept from the earth in a wind of fire that will make the cities destroyed by fire falling from the sky in the Old Testament seem tame and peaceful. And mostly, quote, think you get the idea. Diane Montagna provides a translation we'll be working with. Rarate Chaley published it, but I saw it first on Twitter before I saw it there. Now, like that part of the Rarate Chaley piece, I have to make the contents of the letter, we'll call it platform friendly. But I know you'll get the idea once you hear this satanic document. You can call this the fruit of Vatican II if you like. All I know is that the bishops of Belgium specifically cited Amoris Laetitia, for the reasoning behind this. And since they did this before having the visit with Francis, they must be pretty dang sure that Francis will approve what they're doing here. Now, that isn't the case. 
if Francis actually you know corrects them, I will happily let you know that when the story breaks, though. I doubt that it's going to. Here's the text of the document, though, translated by Diane Montagna. Being pastorally close to those with the James Martin affliction for a welcoming church that excludes no one. For years, our country's Catholic faith community in all its sectors has been working with other social actors to, cr- to create an environment of respect, recognition, and integration. Many of them, moreover, are committed in an ecclesiastical context or a Christian institution. The bishops encourage their collaborators to continue along this path. They feel supported in this by the apostolic exhortation Amoris Laetitia, which Pope Francis wrote after the 2015 Synod of Bishops. Discern, accompany, and integrate. These remain the main key words. With these words, on the 17th of March, 2021, we, the bishops of our country, published a communique on pastoral dealings with the types of folks that James Martin has a strange interest with and couples. In Amoris Laetitia, Pope Francis explicitly states that every person, regardless of their fleshly interests, should be respected in their dignity and treated with respect. See Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 250. We want to continue on that path by giving this pastoral letter a more structural character, pastoral care and guidance. The pastoral attention of the church community concerns first and foremost the James Martin persons themselves. Along the at times complex path of acknowledging, accepting, and positively living their uh, interests, we want to remain close to them. Some remain celibate. They deserve our appreciation and support. Others choose to live as a couple in lasting and faithful union with a partner. They too deserve our appreciation and support. For this relationship too, though not a church union, can be a sort of peace and shared happiness for those involved. Their family and relatives equally deserve this pastoral attention and guidance. An attitude of understanding and appreciation is essential. Pope Francis explicitly asks that these families be offered respectful pastoral guidance so that their members who display a James Martin fleshly interest can enjoy the necessary support to understand and fully fulfill the will of God in their lives. See Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 250. Our focus should also be on the wider society and church community. Notwithstanding growing social recognition of fellow James Martin folks, many remain with questions. At the same time, the so-called fear and uh, physical problems that, that, he, that those who oppose this topic can raise its head. A better understanding can promote the better integration. Structural anchoring. The Flemish bishops want to structurally anchor their pastoral commitment to these persons and couples. The policy team of the Interdiocesan Service for Family Pastoral Care will have an additional staff member to take this to heart. The bishops have appointed Willie Bombeck for this purpose. In addition, each diocese will appoint someone to look after the same pastoral focus, diocesan family pastoral care. He or she will be the point of contact for that diocese. As interdiocesan coordinator, Willie Bombeck will work with them and provide them with the necessary training and guidance. Pastoral of Encounter This pastoral outreach focuses on encounter and conversation. Even believers living in a stable 
relationship of this kind, desire respect and appreciation within the faith community. It hurts when they feel they do not belong or are excluded. They want to be heard and recognized. That is what this pastoral approach is about. Their story of uncertainty towards growing clarity and acceptance, their questions about church positions, their joy in knowing a stable partner, their choice for an exclusive and lasting relationship, their determination to take responsibility for each other, and their desire to be of service in church and society. In this pastoral approach, there is room for spiritual discernment, for inner growth, and for conscientious decisions. Pope Francis calls for people's conscience to be valued and supported, even in life situations that do not fully live up to the objective ideal of marriage. Conscience can earnestly and honestly recognize this, which is now the generous response one can give to God. And it can see with some certainty that this response is a self-giving that God asks for amid the complexity of concrete constraints, even when the full objective ideal is not achieved. See Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 303. The encounter with a pastoral leader or companion is an important link to integration into the community of faith for these folks. On that integration, Pope Francis writes, The point is to integrate everyone, to help everyone find their own way to be part of the church community, so that they would be personally in touch by the undeserved, unconditional, and gratuitous mercy. No one should be condemned forever, because that is not the thinking of the gospel. I address not only divorced people and people in a new relationship, but to all in whatever situations they find themselves. See Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 297. Prayer for love and faithfulness. During pastoral meetings, people often ask for a moment of prayer to ask God to bless and perpetuate this commitment of love and fidelity. What content and form this prayer can concretely take is best discussed by those involved with the pastoral leader. Such a moment of prayer can take place in all simplicity. Also, the difference should remain clear with what the church understands by a sacramental marriage. And from there, it goes into the prayers that they actually have that they've written to have for their blessings of these unions. So it should be obvious by now that this goes beyond the church's strong teaching against violence or the church's strong teaching to recognize that all people have dignity as the children of God and are to be afforded certain amounts of respect based on that. What they have done is categorically reject the church's teachings, which is that those not in a sacramental marriage are chosen to live in accordance with their state in life. Everyone is called to do that, to live in accordance with your state in life. Priests, unmarried lady, those in a sacramental union are called to behave in very specific ways. And the document categorically rejects that as well as scripture's admonitions against those certain practices. And they're trying to change the standard church teaching. And they're doing it based on the growing explicit notice of the secular world as a reason to change church teaching. But perhaps worst of all, no one is going to probably notice this. In the document, the bishops say that no one deserves to be condemned forever. That, folks, is the theology of dare we hope all men are saved, brought into conflict with the teachings of the church in more concrete ways that affect people's everyday lives than merely just spouting that stuff in a video somewhere. And that heresy won over the teaching of the church, at least for the time being. This is a reminder that this is the guiding document for the bishops of that entire country, by the way. If you're in Belgium, this is coming to your parish. Probably even if it's an FSSP or Institute of Christ the King parish, the local bishops have total authority over those masses, and they will try to impose them on the traditional groups that they have authority over. Whether the Jimmy Martin fan club will be seeking out their parody of the nuptial sacrament at those parishes remains to be seen. 
though I honestly kind of doubt it, but they, then again, we're talking about lace and incense and things that might be appealing to them. But this rule will be imposed on every parish other than the set of a contest, independent, and SSPX parishes in that country. Just watch. It's worth noting here that the Vatican last year said that God cannot bless sin in relation to this question. But something is making the bishops of Belgium and other countries like Germany brave enough to defy Rome. And that has to be the Synod on Synodality, where literally every Western country is now openly calling for this change specifically in church teaching. That has to be making the Belgian bishops brave. Brave enough to defy what Rome said a year ago just before going to visit Francis for their ad limina visits. And ad limina visits where the whole conference meets with Francis collectively and then the individual bishops get to. So what happens next? Who knows at this point, but the most pushback we've seen for any of the heresies and errors that I've reported on in the past few weeks has been or that priest who said mass on the back of his bike. You remember that story? Where his bishop just told him not to do that again with no real punishment imposed. That's the defense of the faith and sacraments we can expect out of the bishops. And we should expect nothing more than that from Francis himself when he meets with the bishops of Belgium, especially since he's probably endorsing what they're doing. Keep an eye on Return to Tradition for an update on their visit with him. On the off chance, he decides to rein them in. But what do you think about this story? Is Francis likely in any way to rein in the excesses of these bishops? Or is he just smiling at them, knowing that they're running the program he has in mind for the whole church? Let me know what you think in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot as well. Send this to a friend of yours who you think needs to see it. How about that? <laughs> as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.